0: Welcome back to the DabbleCo podcast. I am your host, nurse practitioner, Claire O'Brien, and today I'm very excited. I've got the founder, Jason Burke, of one of my favorite brands, The New Primal. Uh, They make my all-time favorite meat sticks and then some sauces and marinades, and we're going to get into all of that, Um, but I'm just really thrilled. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation, and I'm excited that you've taken the time to, to come and chat. So hi, good morning. Welcome.
1: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Well, I'm Jason Burke. I founded this uh, company called The New Primal. Um, we we really exist to play a role in cleaning up a broken, toxic food system. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we do that by making everyday foods that people love with just simple, real food ingredients.
0: So you're the founder of the company. And what, what did that look like? And, and how on earth did you start? Uh, a food company? I mean, how does that, how does that work?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, if you, if you asked me that question a decade ago, I would, I would uh, say the same thing. Uh, I never intended to do this. Uh, it wasn't uh, the food industry. Wasn't, you know, where I thought I would wind up in life. Um, I think I've always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't play sports in high school, but I started a lawn business and and I had a nickname called Jay Burke enterprises. And so I was just trying to uh keep up with the um the kids I went to school with. I grew up in a very poor neighborhood, uh, section mm-hmm. eight housing. And then I got to go to school in a really affluent neighborhood. And so uh I felt like I had to go out and work to to keep up with my friends. Um but you know a lot of good work ethic there. Uh but scrappy about 10 years. Yeah, scrappy, scrappy. About 10 years ago I moved to um well no actually 13 years ago I moved to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um and um right after I moved both of my parents got diagnosed with chronic illnesses Mm -hmm. and both were considered lifestyle diseases, um, and directly related really to to diet and nutrition. Um, and I just didn't want that to be me. And so I just took a real keen interest in food and its impact on our health and, and, and just sort of, you know, how it impacts us holistically. And, and I I discovered, you know, this thing called paleo, which, which was sort of a framework I could follow back then. Um, and, Really all it really, you know, the the main things that it taught me were to, you know, cook a whole lot more at home, uh, pay attention to the ingredients that I'm, that that are in the foods that I buy. And, and, you know, particularly as it relates to like protein sources and animal protein, just get the stuff that's raised properly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, um, I was making my own desk snacks. I have a terrible sweet tooth. I mean, I cannot stay away. If there's chocolate in my house, it gets eaten. So
2: um,
1: I was making my own desk snacks. I was working in a sales position for a software company. Uh Um, And the one that I would make that would consistently disappear was my homemade beef jerky, uh, which was just like a, you know, it's just this thing. It was like a high protein snack. It would keep me away from the Snickers bars. And, um, you know, I'll get it from my desk and come back and like half my little Ziploc bag would be gone so I, I finally put a tip jar out one day and uh, made people start paying me for it and and you know people would do that. They would put a little sticky note like on a ten dollar bill or a 20 dollar bill and um, ask me to make them
0: like some a batch jerky of it.
1: the next time I yeah, the next time I made a batch, make some for them and so I, I you know I learned how to make it by googling how to make beef jerky and I bought this little forty dollar dehydrator that you could sit on your countertop uh-huh. um, and that's what I was doing for myself but uh, within about six months, I had six of those dehydrators going in my kitchen, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I lived in this little, you know, twelve hundred square foot condo at the time. And my wife went out on a girls' night out and and came home, and I had all of my, you know, dehydrators going, and I'm flipping the jerky around and and doing all the things that I do to make these <laughs> make these snacks. And she came home and said, "All right, this is enough. We got to get yeah, all this stuff this out of my shenanigans house." Shenanigans um, in here.
0: You got to get it out. Yeah, ev- I, I said ev- that. Everything I have smells like smoke you yeah. know,
1: everything we have. And people, people just think I just came from a barbecue. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that was kind of this aha moment. Like, well, are we onto something? Yeah. So I spent the next, I spent the next like 18 months. I moved, I, I moved my jerky making out. I rented a little 200 square foot shared kitchen, catering space. Uh, I spent the next 18 months learning all of the food regulatory guidelines to, to be able to sell food to the general public and yeah. then, you know, learning what it would take to basically build a food company. Um, Because you can't uh, just do that,
0: like without, like you can't just sell legally, at least legally, like you can't just sell food like out of your kitchen, right? I mean,
1: hundred percent, yeah. It's it's not a thing. You you have to have some, (laughs) you have to have some food safety guidelines in place uh, (laughs) in order to 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 sell it. And for me, I was using making meat products, so I actually have to have this like inspection Mm. by the USDA if I want to ship it interstate. So. Uh, anyway, I quit my job in September of 2012 to go full-time into the meat snack business. I thought I had built, you know, learned enough and built enough of a following to go do that. Uh, and I still had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what it would entail, how to sell the grocery stores, uh, how to deal with, you know, logistics and, and the supply chain and all the things that come with it. I was just sort of doing this homegrown thing. And I thought I, you know, had enough people skills to go into the market and, and, and sell something. So, Uh, that's how it began. Now there's certainly been lots of twists and turns along the way. Uh, but it began as, you know, me making beef jerky out of my condo and my wife kicking me out to go make it somewhere else. And then, you know, selling enough of it to garner enough confidence that I might be able to make a business out of it.
0: That's amazing. And I kind of want to go back to your parents a little bit, because I feel like this is kind of one of the, one of the reasons I felt like this would be a good conversation and, you know, without diving into your parents' private medical history, but you said, you know, they both had chronic illnesses that were likely, you know, diet and lifestyle related. And there's just a lot of conversation right, right now about health and wellness and diets. And and you mentioned paleo. And I, it's it's so hard as a medical provider when you have patients that you know like, hey, there there are really meaningful, impactful changes that you could make that could get you off. I mean, there's a list, like listen, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, thinking about weight-based things, going into like sleep apnea, all kinds of things that could be fully lifestyle change and and reverse those medical issues. Um, even some autoimmune things, and then there's food allergies, all of the stuff that can be related to the to the diet um and lifestyle. But we're. At, you said the food system is broken. I'm like, gosh. But also, so is the medical system, right? So it's we're like fighting an uphill battle on both sides because what's easier in the office is to say, "Here's your high blood pressure medication," right? Rather than saying, yep. "Clean up your diet. You got to start walking 15, 20 minutes a day. You know, yep. you've you got to get the sodium down. All of that." So, so what? and I love whole 30 and we can talk about that later too, but what drove you to paleo? Like, what was it about that that you said, I think this makes sense.
1: You know, it it was, um, it it was just, it was probably a lot more the timing of when it was presented than it was paleo itself. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I was ready to hear it and I was ready to hear about something. And I had a, uh, fortunately I had a a trainer at the gym. I went, I joined a little CrossFit gym, uh, and Uh and he cared far more about nutrition than he did about fitness. Uh, and so, you know, he spent half the class talking about nutrition and paleo just, all it did for me was create a framework. Yeah. Um, that for me was simple to follow, you know, it's clean protein, clean nutrition panels, cut out the grains, um, and cut out the sugar. I mean, it was real, like, okay, all right, I can cut out the sugar. I can cut out the grains of the highly processed foods, eat whole foods, you know, clean proteins, lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, and, uh, and so it was just, it was a simple framework for me. And, you know, for me, it's really easy to, you know, have a protein on my plate and have some veggies on my plate and, you know,
0: move
2: on.
1: not eat the chocolate ice cream afterwards. Right. And so, yeah, and move on. Um, so that, that's really what it did for me. And then, you know, I think that from there, I, you know, I sort of went on sort of a, the, call it a, a cleanse or a reset, if you mm-hmm. will, with paleo and kind of went strict and for a while. And then today it's kind of 80, 20. I mean, yeah. you know, I think that there's plenty of room to live life and enjoy life. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, eat the cake at your niece's birthday party. Like don't skip the cake, right. you know, but, uh, but, but also like it's 80, 20. And so I, you know, for me today, I, I eat what I would consider very clean.
0: Okay. Tell me what you can cons- What do you mean when you say clean? Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it, again, it's, it's sort of probably the tenets of paleo, uh, in many ways. I, I pay very close attention to the, to, to my proteins. Um, uh, I won't buy, uh, I won't buy proteins that aren't sourced from humanely raised animals and, and farms that practice what I would consider humane animal raising practices. Now, I, I also believe not to let perfect get in the way of good. So, right. you know, I don't ever want to tell people like, you know, we if you don't buy animal proteins from those that you're a bad person or it's unhealthy for you, but I just think that's the better alternative if you can. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I make sure that there's, you know, I make sure that the, that my plate is whole. So my, my plates are whole, they're full of, uh, of good, um, good vegetables. Um, you know, there's always a good mix of that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I make sure there's always good clean produce in my house. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't eat highly processed foods. I don't eat, you know, all these bars and all these things that have, you know, all all of these other ingredients in them uh, that are um, preservative ridden or, you know, all all these added natural flavors and things like that. It's just it's it's clean, simple ingredient panels that I always look for when it comes to things that I buy Um, for me. I like rice. So, you know, I don't exclude like white rice from my diet. Um, but I also don't eat it every day. Yeah. Um, and, um, and where I know, I know enough about myself to know that like sugary drinks were never an issue for me. You know, bread was never a thing for me. Uh, but the sweets after the meals were always the thing that sort of like, you know, I craved. Yeah. Um, and those were the things that, you know, made me, I didn't know I felt bad until I felt good. Uh, and so as I cut some of those things out, I started to feel better, uh, and I didn't even realize it. So I, you know, for me, it's just, it's ingredients you would have in your pantry are what should be in the foods that you buy, the ready to eat foods that you buy. Um, and anything you don't recognize probably shouldn't.
0: It's it's interesting like that. So whole 30 gets kind of whole 30 is like a cult classic, but also gets this like horrible wrap. And so I try to do whole 30 every January. And I give this big disclaimer yeah. on my Instagram. I'm like, "Listen, I am doing whole thirty. I am going to talk about it in January. Here is why I do it. This does not mean it is right for you or your family, or I think what you're eating is bad. But what it does for me is exactly what you're talking about. It forces me to think about my meals. I can't just go grab something. you I, I have to cook at home a ton, which is more difficult for sure. I mean, you, I feel like it breaks a pattern for me. Kind of every January, it breaks this. And my God, after December, I mean, I'm just like, I go yes. kind of balls out in December. I'm like, whatever. We're just we're at the parties and the things, and I'm just I'm doing all the things. So by the time January comes, I feel like crap. I mean, I do. I just am. I feel awful, yeah. and I'm like, I don't even want to drink anymore, and I don't even want to see any chocolate anymore. I just feel gross. So whole 30, it kind of resets my palate and whole 30 is similar to paleo in case people are like, what are y'all talking about? But where the main things for me that were, that are so important are just, you know, nothing processed and even, even things like soy, which I don't, I don't consider soy to be inherently bad at all. Um, I mean, certainly anything in too high of a quantity, you know, has can have repercussions but soy i don't think soy is a, a big deal i eat tofu but it's in everything and soy lecithin, the whatever the is that an emulsifier or preservative i don't know you probably know more about that than i do but it's in literally everything like for no everything. reason it, it's bizarre yeah. so i yeah, love me, that it me, just me. resets go ahead sorry
1: no, 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 you're, you're exactly right. And I, I think that's the purpose of any of these, you know, dietary protocols. I want I don't even call them diets. They're, they're, they're any right. of these protocols um, that work. They're meant to either reset you completely and some of it. And some full 30 is completely habitual. It's meant to sort of, you know, change your
2: habits.
0: Yeah. The way you think um, about things.
1: And yeah. so, yeah, t- totally. And, and, and then, and then the other one is like, you know, you, you sort of, if you eliminate a bunch of stuff, for a period of time. And as you reintroduce things, you can start to determine like what makes you feel bad. Cause I, again, yeah. I, I was young and healthy and never had any health issues. I just had parents that had health issues. And then when I started to sort of clean it up and pay attention, I, I felt better. And I didn't realize that I didn't, that I really didn't feel great before. Um, but you're exactly right about things like soy, um, vegetable oils are another one that I consider not really super clean that was sold to us, you know, mm-hmm. um, there was, it was sold to us that canola oil was clean and it's not, uh, it's, 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 it's not very good for you at all. Uh, and so, um, the, the, the challenge with that is, is that when you eat out and I, right. my favorite thing to do is to eat out, um, is that, you know, you're in, when you are, you know, buying more processed foods from, from stores or to go places that soy is everything to your point. Um, a lot of, you know, what I would say low quality vegetable oils, Mm-hmm. are in everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, sugar is in everything. Every, absolutely
0: everything. Um,
1: yeah. everything. Um, and so, you know, you start to, you start to look at these things, um, and we're over consuming all of them. Right. So to your point about, you know, in, too much of one thing is, is not necessarily good for you. Uh, yeah. but these things aren't really great for you to begin with. And then we're just putting it in everything. Uh, gluten was one of those things, you know, no one had, a, no one talked about gluten allergies 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really like celiac wasn't really a thing people talked about. I mean, people probably had it undiagnosed, but, uh, you know, it's, it's also a, it's also a highly addictive protein that we've increased the amounts, even in just like standard white bread at the store. Yeah. So, you know, standard white bread at the store today has much higher levels of gluten than it did Fifteen or twenty years ago, um, and there's a reason for that. Uh, it's it's you know the, the yield rates are better on the bread, and and uh, and it's addictive. So um, you know there's there's a reason for those things, and and we overconsume that. So I think just awareness and reading your ingredient panels and paying attention just a little bit makes a massive difference in most people's sort of you know overall health and wellness.
0: It's hard to okay. So I I wanted to go back to your some of the beginning of your story, you know, you said you grew up, um, in section eight housing and then, and went to a more affluent school and okay. I find that fascinating knowing what you're doing now, because I think a lot of people would look at this and say like, Oh, this is like a rich white person's food. Like this is your deal as a, you know, whatever. So, okay. How do you not reconcile reconcile is not the right word, but how do you kind of talk to your family? Like imagine your family as you were growing up and say, we're not telling you, you know, good or bad it food is not inherently evil, but how would you say, here's her, here are some simple changes you can make because not everybody, I mean, the, the reality is that, you know, this food that we're talking about is just more expensive. It is, it can be Exorbitantly so, sure. more. You know, sometimes it, it, you know, it's on sale or it's same as the other. But I mean, sometimes it can just be completely exorbitant and, and, and inaccessible. Um, my God, we could have like a two-hour podcast about like food deserts and all those things. But that's not what we're talking yeah. about. But what what would you say, you know, to somebody who's like, yeah, I can't, I can't buy those things.
1: Yeah, no, these and these. This is a. You're right. This is a two-hour discussion. I mean, access. Access is an entirely different subject and it's, it's something I am passionate about. Uh, I've never felt like I could help improve access to higher quality foods until I had enough influence to Mm -hmm. do so. And, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly, in in this world influence is sales and revenue and distribution and, and, you know, and having enough, uh, enough influence to create more access. Um, unfortunately, you know, from a, at a very high level, we subsidize corn and soy and sugar. Uh, we yeah. subsidize those crops. Uh, and so, you know, the cost to produce very cheap, highly processed foods uh, is, is, is low. And so then right. we sell those to the, you know, the, the less fortunate among us. And then income, what sure. happens is, is yeah, and then what happens is those foods ultimately cause people to become sick, not acutely, but chronically, right. It, it takes time. Right. And so, um, and so over time, these people become more and more sick and then they enter into the medical system, which is significantly more expensive, yeah. uh, than it is to just buy higher quality food. Um, yeah. and so that, that's really where this is a, a massive issue to, 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 deal with. But, you know, I, I would, I would say you got to start somewhere, yeah. um, and eating, eating whole foods and cooking at home with, with just, again, with vegetables and proteins and, and produce that is not overly expensive for anyone. Uh-huh. Um, it's actually cheaper in some cases than eating out at fast food restaurants. Um, I mean, look, every oh, one of us way, has driven through a Chick-fil-A recently.
0: My God, it's, a, it's ridiculous. Through, it's like 50 bucks. I can't drive
1: through it. I can't drive through a Chick-fil-A for less than 50 bucks for my family. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's incredible. And so I could certainly cook a meal at home. That's far more nutritious. Um, whether or not I'm using food products like the ones that I make or not. Now, the, yeah. the, the reality of the matter is, is what I make without subsidizing my products with lots of sugar or lots of cheap ingredients and using mm-hmm. whole ingredients from real food ingredients, that is more expensive to produce today, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, we're at a disadvantage um, from major food corporations who, who use cheap ingredients that our government subsidizes to, to, to make their products. So uh, it is more expensive to buy those products. But I would argue that, you know, better for you ingredient panels for products that we make will keep you out of the medical system, which is far more expensive uh, in the long run. It's very hard to make those decisions in the short term. So I empathize across the board. Um, I will say that, you know, my family, who was you know, much less fortunate, uh, as I entered into this, uh, this journey um, in this industry, they started paying a lot more attention. And it's really just the trade off that they made. And they started, Mm -hmm. you know, paying a lot more attention and buying foods that were less processed and with whole ingredients. And they honestly saved a little bit of money by not eating out and going through fast food restaurants nearly as much, uh, and cooking at home a little bit more.
0: And I I think Um, about single. Go ahead, sorry.
1: Well, the, the 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 sort of the to close the loop on that, you know, one of the reasons we we pivoted from just making snack foods and and healthy protein snacks over into sauces and condiments and seasonings was so that. You know, we don't, you know, we're all busy also. And, and no one has time to spend an hour in the kitchen and doing food prep all the time. There's, you know, single parents, you know, parents with, you know, several children. I mean, there's, everyone's busy and uh, it's much easier to, to do the quickest thing. And so for us, it was like, okay, well, here's what you could do. You know, you could take the most boring rotisserie chicken with a side of steamed broccoli and just change the sauce every day and eat the same meal five, five days a week in theory and change the sauce, you have a different meal, a different flavor profile, something that's more interesting. Because the other thing is, if it doesn't taste good, we're not going to eat it anyway. So if we, can, if we can sort of not sacrifice taste and flavor, but also you know, make our meals more interesting in a way that is convenient, then I think people will be more incentivized to do more cooking and eating at home.
0: So, so funny. That's that's literally what I was going to say, I think about single moms all the time and, or single dads, it's single parenting at all ever. And people that are just, gosh, they're busy and they've got multiple children and you're running all over the place. And, and so I know you guys have kind of a spinoff of the new primal that's called noble made, which is like the sauces and the marinades. And I, um, when we were kind of chatting before this interview, I'm like, no, I've, I have actually used those sauces. I took a pork tenderloin threw some of the no soy teriyaki on there in the crock pot at like 7am, you know, whatever. Cause I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be home. My kids got to be at school by seven 30. I've got, you know, appointments. Then we've got pickup. They've got whatever activity, whatever it is. I'm not going to be home till six. And then, and then, my God, they're little, I've got, they got to go to bed by like six thirty. I don't have time yeah. to prep a meal. And, and I'm not, I'm not even single parenting. So I think, Um, what, what I loved hearing about the sauces and everything was that that's literally what I did to kind of try out. I did the no soy teriyaki, threw it in the crock pot. And then one thing I want to talk about too, I got a bag of, um, like frozen stir fry fry vegetables and, um, don't cringe, but like frozen, whatever, Tyson already grilled chicken and made like a stir fry one night. But (laughs) I have a friend who, um, so it's, so all that to say, like, it can be, I think products like yours can make it so easy. Like you said, it's so much less expensive often than, than eating out, even at, even at McDonald's the cheapest. I mean, I think that yeah. for tenderloin was like $6 and then a bag of a, you can get a giant bag of frozen vegetables from Costco for like 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, all these simple changes, but it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's very hard when you're, when you're busy. And then kind of to, to piggyback off, we haven't even talked about food allergies. So when I was breastfeeding my first child, I could not have any dairy or any soy or she, it was like a nightmare, It like wrecked her stomach for days. We're like bloody diapers going to the doctor, like all this was bad. So she had dairy and soy allergies as a baby and kind of still does. And it can be really hard to find just simple, easy things. And then making a meal like quickly becomes a nightmare at home where you're like, I got to cook for my whole family, but this person's got a soy allergy. And, and like we said, soy is kind of in, in, in everything. So you guys know, I only bring you companies that I personally use and love, and I've been using the Buffalo sauce and the no soy teriyaki from noble made recently. It is next level, clean, convenient, Everybody just loves it, our entire family. So their whole lineup of sauces and seasonings sits at the intersection of convenience and better for you. So this means you can feel good about getting your food to the table quicker without compromising taste and also knowing you're putting super high-quality ingredients in front of your friends and family. I love the buffalo sauce. It comes in mild, medium, and hot. I can only handle the mild, maybe the medium. So super versatile. You can use it as a ready-to-go, a dressing, a dip, or even a marinade. And you can find them almost everywhere. Seriously, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Publix, also on Amazon. But if you go on their website, you can use code DabbleCo20 for 20% off on their website, which is thenewprimal.com. And that's DabbleCo20, 20% off on their website.
1: Everything. Yeah. Yeah. We we chose very intentionally once we realized, you know, that we had a business and that we were making products that were better for you and you know, trying to define who we are, what we represent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we decided very early on that we would we would um keep the top eight allergens out of our food products. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and uh just make that simpler for people so you don't have to think about it. Um we did just launch our first product with dairy in it. We launched a um um A garlic parmesan wing sauce. Uh and so it's the first of forty products that we make with some dairy. Uh we have the best selling wing sauce, buffalo sauce at Whole Foods nationally. The noble made medium buffalo sauce is the the best selling at Whole Foods and it's pretty it's one of the better selling natural products at at other conventional retailers and um Uh So we know that our core consumer appreciates that. And so we wanted to give them another option. Uh, that's the first one that we used any dairy in. Um, did people like really come for Did the it paleo
0: up. community like come at you? Were they like, I can't believe you've done this to us?
1: No, no, not at all. Okay, I mean, good, there's no way to true. make there's no way to make a <laughs> garlic parmesan wing sauce without without the parmesan. Um, <laughs> you know, you could you could use a, a cheese alternative, I suppose, but I just felt that might be a little bit blasphemous in this particular product. Mm,
2: um,
1: and so, uh, you know, it just it just felt like you know uh, it, it, the, the the right thing to do at the time. But generally speaking, there's no gluten in anything that we make. Uh, we're not using any, you know, canola oil or any soy in anything that we make. And we just take that out. We just think that's overused in most food processing. Um, and so is we want to make is that corn? easier.
0: Is that right? Is canola oil, that's made from corn-ish? Corn
1: right. and soy. So, and yeah, and there's soy. And the soy makes a lot of oils too. Uh, people don't know, but canola is a corn oil, corn oil. Oil, Yes.
0: And that's one of the top uh, the, allergens uh, as well, right?
1: It's uh, corn or or the canola oil.
0: Corn specifically, I think is one of the top.
1: I don't know it if it's in the top, eight, but it's, but it's probably up there. Um, yeah, you know, soy, dairy, gluten, uh, and is, is, are, are, some of the big ones there. Um, the, uh, you know, there's, there's a high peanut allergy. Now, peanut oil is another one that people, yeah. is a cheap oil that you often find in, in most, you know, fast food restaurants. Um, and, uh, and so again, those are just things we chose not to use. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of barbecue sauce has some sort of soy ingredient, lots of sugar, high fructose yeah. corn syrup. Uh, we just chose to keep that out and just use really, again, really, really clean seed oils, uh, like olive oil or avocado oil and, um, not using the, uh, the ingredients that sort of, you know, the binders and things that add gluten and yeah. so on and so forth. But, but to your point, You know, look, I've been doing this is my 10th year doing this now full time. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking of a a privilege, I mean, the first four or five years, I didn't didn't take an income home. So, you know, I know what it's like to be. I know what it's I know very much know what it's like to be extremely broke Um, and then also know what it's like. And then I had kids in the middle of all that. And so I also know what it's like to like try to build a business Mm -hmm. um, on a very limited budget and um, quite literally feed your family at home. Yeah. And, and I actually do all the cooking. And so, you know, trying to find ways to be creative and do that quickly. Uh, so, you know, like our marinade, you know, was born and I, it was like the biggest godsend to me personally, because I could, to your point, I could put some, you know, some chicken breasts or some chicken thighs in a pan, pour this, you know, classic marinade on top and cover it, throw some chopped veggies or some steamed veggies, you know, uh, you know, in the, in the pot or chop them up and throw them in the oven. And in 20 minutes I'm done. And, Today, I you know candidly, I don't spend more than twenty or twenty-five minutes cooking a meal, uh, because I have all of these, all of these you know aids, if you will, for the kitchen to be able to like make something very quickly that tastes really good uh, and is also nutrient dense.
0: So I have a friend who um, is a dietitian on on Instagram. uh, Lauren Maniker is her name, and she does a really she she wrote a really really good article um, about the nutrition of fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables versus frozen versus like dried or dehydrated. And then four categories, frozen, fresh, dried, I don't know, whatever the fourth one. Oh, canned. And what was super interesting to me, because I, I think there's kind of this reputation of like canned vegetables are bad or frozen vegetables are not as good. And she literally did the nutritional breakdown of each and they were just different. So there were just different profiles in fresh broccoli versus frozen broccoli and dried, you know, dried apple slices versus, you know, a fresh apple. And it was just, it was just different. It wasn't that one was better than the other. It's like, Hey, if we're eating a mix of all of these things, we're going to get what we need. And so I think that's really encouraging, you know, for families that are are trying to make changes and it's just not, reasonable or practical to have fresh, fresh organic produce in your house 24 seven, when you're busy and on a budget and you, you may not be able to get to the grocery store and all that. So I just, I want to encourage people listening too that. I know we've talked about this a bunch, but that there are just so many ways to do this. And now canned, I will say with canned, we're talking about like plain canned vegetables. I'm not talking about like glory or, um, now that I don't love glory, um, collard greens or Delicious, but there's glory, and then there's another one that's like so heavily seasoned that yes, now we're getting into sodium land, and like maybe there's some lard in there. I don't know what's happening, but just you're you're like regular canned vegetables, um, and and that's that's totally fine. There's no good or bad here. We're just talking about different choices and kind of thinking about what you're consuming when you can.
1: Yeah and I think that's I think this is where people get caught up and this is where I think people fall off track or if they if they want to like change some of their habits and things it becomes overwhelming cuz they get caught up in Are canned right. vegetables better than fresh or frozen and they get caught up in this and like look a veg- just just eat the vegetable just you know it th- makes it into the diet yeah
2: um
1: and it goes it goes back to you know don't let perfect get in the way of good um and we do that and and yeah. too many of us do that and it's like well if I can't do it perfectly then I may as well just not even try. And, and I think that's where we, we get into trouble. And so, you know, my encouragement would just be that. And we, I mean, we say this in our business, like every day, don't let perfect get in the way of good. Um, Love that. and you know, and, and are there ways that we can make our products even better? Yeah. Um, and we're going to keep working on that every single day. Um, but, uh, but what we have out there today, you know, my, uh, my classic ranch dressing, is better than 98% of what you'll find in the grocery store today, for example. Right. And it's like, could I make that better? I don't know. We're working on it. We, we try every day to keep figuring out ways to make it better, but you know, perfection I mean, it, it could certainly be the enemy of good. Uh, and so we just say, don't let it get in the way.
0: Yeah. And I, I think especially with kids too. So there's all these, God, I mean, everything is so dogmatic on the internet right now. Well, I mean, in life I mean around the globe so I think that's the internet <laughs> sure. is nice but like I just think about Instagram land where we've got these huge accounts on one side legit terrorizing particularly I think about parents and then people like you said just trying to make make decisions and they're like so fear-based and you know these things are evil and they're gonna kill you and don't buy it and buy this not that but then you've, the pendulum is also now kind of swung to the other side where we've got also huge accounts saying basically everything is fine and everything is, has nutritional value, which is like, sh- sure on, on some level. And, and I get it there, there are subtle nuances, right. Of, you know, maybe you've got a, a, a kid with sensory issues or crazy dietary restrictions or whatever. And they've got these few foods that they can or will eat. You know, we're not trying to, but we just, there shouldn't be these two extreme sides of the conversation, which is really what we're seeing right now. And it's so, it's so frustrating because I don't really, I mean, I really don't agree with either side. So if you've been following DabbleCo and me for any length of time, you know that I'm super careful with anybody that I endorse or any partnership or brand here. So the goal is always to share evidence-based medicine and things backed by actual science with our audience and our followers. So I was thrilled when BetterHelp approached me to do a partnership with them. So thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is an online platform that connects you to counseling in an incredibly convenient and affordable way, which I think are the two biggest barriers to counseling, or access and affordability. So I was actually really surprised when I looked up their rates for counseling. They were a third of what I feel like I've ever heard and what I've personally paid. Um, It solves both of the problems with literally the click of a button on the internet. So I have personally seen the benefits of counseling. I know firsthand how important it is, and I know it plays a crucial role in mental health. So check them out and they will know that I sent you and you'll get 10% off your first month of counseling, if you head to betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Um, so it's super easy, betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Thanks guys.
1: Well, it's, it's, it, that I, you know, the whole world is se- seemingly more and more polarized by the day, you know, forget right whatever the topic might be. Yeah. I mean, no doubt, no doubt. And honestly, that's how, I mean, this world of, you know, this world of natural foods and in what would the world that I live in was highly, po- you know, the paleo crowd, we used to call them the paleo police. They would, you know, if, if you, yes. you know, if you talked about eating a cashew, they would say that's bad for you. And it was so like, I'm, all right, guys, I'm shocked
0: they didn't come for you for the garlic Parmesan sauce. I'm shocked.
1: No, we're, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater there. I mean, the <laughs> thing is, is that, you know, you just, you just can't like, it's, um, you know, here's the thing if there, there's a whole, there are a whole lot of consumers who can tolerate dairy or who want dairy in their life. Right. And their option at the grocery store is the Buffalo wild wings um, or the Hooters or the Frank's red hot, you know, garlic parm sauce. And all of those are filled with absolute garbage. That's going to kill you. So let me (laughs) clean it up. Let me give you a really clean label. And here's an option for those of you that want to tolerate dairy. And so that that's all. And I think that, that, you know, I've seen them, you know, what I would call the paleo police or, or you know, whatever dietary protocol police is out there. I've seen them calm down. Um, and, and I think that most people are in, in that land are becoming more reasonable, except for there's this big polarity around, you know, plant-based foods and, you know. Non plant based foods or or animal proteins—that's still a a pretty divisive topic, and we don't have to go into a ton of detail there. But what I I will caution most folks around is, you know, that there's a lot of greenwashing around the term "plant based" that's going on with lots of food manufacturers today. Absolutely. Um, And some of those, not all, but some of those foods are more processed than anything else in the grocery store. Yeah. Um, And they contain more highly processed ingredients. They're more Franken food. You know, so I would caution people against that, but. But, yeah, I, I, it's unfortunate that – and then I think that's where consumers and people who want to do better sometimes get lost. They get lost in these two extremely divided sides, and they don't know what to think.
0: They don't know what to and do. And so
1: yeah. then they just – they don't do anything. Yeah. And, you know, the key is is just, you know, again, it's a clean ingredient panel, stuff that you would have in your own pantry, um, you know, some, pro, some, some good quality protein, some, a good mix of produce on the plate limit the refined sugars and the soy and the highly processed stuff. And, and, and you're doing better than, you know, 80% of the people out there if you do that.
0: Yeah. And I I think plant-based is so big right now too, because there, there is actual, you know, there is actual data on like red meat, for example, there is data that connects that with things like colon cancer and prostate cancer. And then, but then also more processed meats like, um, you know, like a lot of your jerkies and like salami and that kind of thing. Those have been, you know, more associated with cancers. And then we talk about heart disease and that, that I think is where, yes, there has been data to show that, you know, more plants, less animals is probably better. Um, but even what I, what I love in your line too, is that so much of what you do is, is not red meat based. Like you've got a million Turkey and chicken products. And so that's where we came in. I mean, I, it's funny. I have to tell you the story of the first time I met, um, Jason, we have a mutual friend and well personally met him last summer. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm Claire. I carry around these Turkey sticks in my bag, which is probably weird, but like, because my kids love them and we love them. And, um, yeah, I think, but exactly like you said, some of the, some of the plant based stuff, I, I think about my kids are a little bit lactose intolerant. So I, if I'm making like mac and cheese or they love cheesy broccoli, I use this, you know, vegan, um, whatever cheese sauce. And it's garbage. I mean, it's like oil garbage. I mean, it is. I don't even know what every time I'm using, I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, kids like your arteries. But (laughs) (laughs) sometimes my kids want macaroni and cheese. And sometimes I'm like, this is the way that I get you to eat a significant amount of broccoli is by putting the garbage on top so it's a little balance yep. you know like I I gotta yep. balance it as a as a busy working mom you know sometimes I gotta use a little bit of garbage but it's plant-based garbage you know so maybe <laughs> maybe the, maybe it's better <laughs> I don't know I mean you just that's a thing yeah you, you, you know you know
1: one of the things you'll never hear me do is ever like nothing will ever come out of my mouth that it even resembles shaming a parent for how they feed their kids. Look, if you get your kids to eat, you're winning. And so box check. Uh, and if you can trick yeah. them into eating a few more veggies, even better, I don't care how you got to dress it up. And I, and yeah. so I, you know, it's, it's, that that's, I think, you know, kids are picky eaters. They change their preferences. They have allergies, all these things, you just give them to eat. Just keep them fed. You're winning. Um, but, but, you know, look, I, I we, there's another two hour conversation around monocrops and, you know, killing prairie land, you know, and not, you know, there's a big conversation around human oh, agriculture. Oh, Lord, I'm not, a, I can't, I'm not qualified to could, talk about that. Don't make me talk about that. Yeah, we could, <laughs> we could get, we could go down a really dark rabbit hole there. But yeah. I think it just, once again, goes back to moderation. We all need protein. Uh, we, we need it from clean, um, bioavailable sources. And uh, red meat is one of those sources. Uh, it doesn't mean that that's all you should eat, in my opinion. Um, but it's just one of many, and and again, if we're ever going to move the needle, and, and we do sell a lot of grass fed beef sticks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, if we're ever going to move the needle around agriculture, uh, particularly here in the United States, uh, we have to create more demand for more sustainably raised animals, um, and you know, get away from this confined animal feedlot operation where a lot of you know factory farmed meat comes from. Mm-hmm. And and if we want to talk about you know how that that that's really the the, the genesis of the issue around red meats is you know sick animals make food that's not great for you yeah. um and so um and they also hurt the environment and all these other things this is the sort of butterfly effect and again in my opinion and so if we can create more awareness and demand for more humanely raised animals then there's a net benefit to the consumer to the planet to the farmer, to the animal, and um, and so you know, again, everything in moderation. I don't think people should just solely eat red meat, but it's a part of what we do. But it's not the only thing we do. And and so to your point, um, you said again, it just sort of comes with balance.
0: And I think that's such a good point too. We've got to create the demand because if you look at, gosh, in the in the last. 10, maybe 20 years, they've taken antibiotics and steroids out of the that was part of that was part of raising animals previously. And so now Mm -hmm. you'll see that on packages like no, um, no growth hormone or no antibiotics. And it's like, well, yes, because now that's the law, like you can't use those things now. But that came from consumer demand. I mean, things don't change without consumer demand. Um, So I love that. And even talking about, you know, organic, the the main reason I even consider organic is, well, I mean, for me, and I know, I, I mean, again, we could have 17, we could have our own podcast series, we won't, but like, we could. <laughs> so, <laughs> but thinking about organic, the main reason for me is that now the American Cancer Society has said that glyphosate, which is Roundup is basically a known human carcinogen, which means we kind of now have to say it causes cancer. And that's really hard to tell people. It's really hard to, it's really hard to tell people. And, you know, now you get into, okay, well, would you rather have the person eat the apple if it's not organic or just skip it? And then, then it goes back to like, okay, you've just got to make People are terrified, so they just don't eat the apple because they're like, "Oh my god, it's not it's not an organic apple." And we're we're just kind of stuck in this cycle of vortex. But I I think I keyword think that glyphosate is going to become one of those things that in the next decade we're going to realize, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe we used to use that on on all of our crops." And it's the same as happened in the meat industry. We've totally changed things with consumer demand, Um, and I know demand for those products is going up. So.
1: Yeah, significantly. Me. By the way, I mean in 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 significantly for gra- you know, grass-fed beef, or free-range or pastured animals. I mean that's how they're mm-hmm. supposed to live. Um, and again, healthy animals make healthy food. In 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 my view, uh, glad to say again, two-hour conversation. Um, yeah. And uh, we could really go down a really path. Uh, I say eat the apple. Um, right. You know, organic or not organic. Don't let perfect get in the way of good today. I do think that that product in uh, its current use for you know, spraying crops, I think it will be, uh, it'll get phased out over time. I don't, I don't think it survives the long run, but they are a behemoth. Yeah. Right. Uh, they spend a lot of money in Washington. They're, they're lob, their lobbyists are, you know, right in DC. Um, and they spend a lot of time at the USDA and the FDA, and they spend a lot of time lobbying their efforts and they, you know, uh, now they're, you know, uh, the company that manufactures that product is, A multinational company, uh, who was acquired by a pharmaceutical company. So now they have some conflicts of interest at play. And so there is, um, that's a whole different argument, but don't let perfect get in the way of good eat the apple today.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Um, well, gosh, this has been totally fascinating. Okay. Tell me, tell everybody where they can find you or your products and where can we find the new primal and, and now the noble maid line with all the sauces and marinades.
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, e- I mean, if you easiest way to learn about us is the new primal.com, uh, mm-hmm. you can look at our website, but uh, you know, Amazon sells most of our products. So you can go on Amazon and look for the new primal. Um, you know, the, there's an owl, which is our logo, uh, across the entire portfolio of products, but some mm-hmm. of the major retailers that, that also carry it, um, are, you know, Whole Foods and Sprouts and Kroger and Publix, uh, are, are big, big grocery stores that, that carry our products. Um, and uh, the condiments and the seasonings uh, are all branded under Noble Made by the New Primal, but it's Noble Made. And all the meat snacks are branded under the New Primal. So uh, you can find us in grocery stores. You can find us online at Amazon or newprimal.com uh, or Literally um, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I, not everything is everywhere, but you can find something in many places.
0: So guys, and they've been really kind. Um, If you want to go on their website and use code DabbleCo20, you will get 20% off, um, which is awesome. And I'll link that in the show notes as well. But gosh, thank you so much for taking the time and for coming on. I really appreciate it. And as always, if you like the show, please rate, subscribe, share it with your friends because that's how I continue to get awesome guests. And I'll see you next week.